podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, 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 lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? A lot of lovely. So you were going to see. Uh, that intro was a mix between uh, circus announcer and what else? And like an auctioneer, maybe? Uh, right. Okay. Auctioneer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it sounded at first, I was like, oh, okay, we're at the circus. But then right. you got a little auctioneery at the end. Yeah, I had to change it up a little bit so that, you know, because people go to the circus all the time, so they can't just hear that voice too much. There's literally no circus anymore, right? Because I, I would Bailey... assume I would assume not. Because, is it because of COVID or because the circus just sucks? Right. Well, no, no. It's the it's the second thing. It's the latter. Oh. The, yeah, because uh, I think Barnum and Bailey had their last show, at least in the D.C. area, a couple of years ago. And I remember my friends going to it and taking pictures and crying online. And I was like, guys, the circus is bad. What? yeah i mean yeah i mean like yeah there's people that like like take crappy care of elephants and stuff like that like get out of here with that but the the other i've been to one circus in my life and it was when i was like four and i got i used to get migraines growing up and Mm -hmm. like when i was a a child i've i've knock on wood grown out of them i haven't Mm -hmm. i've had like two migraines the last like 15 years but uh the i i got a migraine when i went to the circus because lights would really impact me and, and mess with me my only memory, I was like four years old. My only memory is being in the back seat vomiting on the way home. Oh man, migraines at four. That's that's something. I Ooh. got I used to get I got like a cat scan when I was two because oh. they didn't know what was going on and then they just realized that I'm just I'm just a, a crazy insane human being is what oh, the, wow. the cat scan showed, yeah. Well yeah, two in fifteen years, that's a pretty good run, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's oh. been good. And they were both like one of them was brought on by like in, insanely intense exercise. Like like I was doing insanity back in, oh, when I was oh, when yeah. I, like literal insane exercise. It was back in <laughs> Cincinnati and I got a, I got a migraine from that. And the other one was also from a, like a really, like I, I pushed myself way too hard on a run and right. I got a migraine from that too. And then I looked up online and that's not that uncommon for people to get migraines from, from exercise. But speaking of, of yeah. exercise yeah. and your cardio and your lungs, mm-hmm. this is the best segue I've ever had in my life. Well, that's pretty good. Pretty good. So I was sitting on the couch last night. Uh, you know, by the way, last night was the first time in eight days that Avery uh, didn't wake us up in the middle of the night. No regression. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. So, so well, we're, we're hoping that it was it was a regression and that she's like finally getting back to normal a little bit. But she's we got her a you know Sophia Princess Sophia. Do I know Princess Sophia? Yes. Right. So she she doesn't even like watch the show. She just saw like something on YouTube Kids or something about them like talking about her and stuff. And and we got her a blanket. And apparently that did the trick. Like she just slept on the floor last night, but we don't care. I don't care if she sleeps on the floor. She's in her room. She's not waking us up. It's yeah. fine. I don't care. Uh, yeah, right. She could be hanging from the ceiling, like in The Exorcist. It's right, okay. right, right. Like, it's fine. fine. Whatever. But anyway, so we were we were sitting on the couch after Avery had gone to bed, and randomly I, because I'm I'm sort of like a hypochondriac, and I <laughs> I uh, I will not like to like an insane degree, but I like to like 
make sure my body is yeah. is cool, right? I'm with that, you. I'm with you. I can talk myself into a lot of medical conditions. Yeah, yeah. And my thing is less about like I'm scared I have this, this, and this, which I know is hypochondria. But it's it's more so that I want to make sure that my body is in a good spot for like my age, right? right. And so I get checked. Like if I'm sick, I'll go to the doc. Like I'm not one of those people who will like shy away from going to the doctor or anything like that. Right. And so randomly I'll just like try things. I'm like last night I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see how long I can hold my breath. <laughs> like you do, you know, like you, like you do. And I'm like, I wonder how well my lungs are working right now. I wonder if I could hit like a minute. <laughs> I wonder if I could hit like a minute and a half holding my breath. Is, so, this, a, is this a COVID related thing? No, no. Do you remember early on in COVID when people were like, there was that email going around and it was like, if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds, you don't have COVID. And then yes. all, the, all the boomers were like, Hey, check this out, son. And then, yes, yeah. right. Yeah. It, you had the forward, 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 forward reply. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's how, here's your COVID test. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't need, you don't need an actual test. You just need to hold your breath. Well, right. so I'm sitting on the couch and I pull out my phone to, to use a stopwatch. Right. And I start holding my breath. So I, I breathe in real deep. I go, right. And then I'm holding my breath and my wife is just sitting there looking at me strangely. And she, she knows what I was doing, but she's like, why are you doing this? Right. And so while I'm holding my breath, I take a breath, a, a breath out. Right. So I take that deep breath. Cause you know, whenever you're holding your breath, eventually you have, you have like too much in your chest area going on. You got to release some of that, right? You got to let it go. Yeah. And it's no different than when you're underwater, right? That's right. When you're holding your breath underwater, which is where people actually hold their breath, and, and it makes sense to hold your breath underwater. Yes, it does. Uh, you breathe out, right. and, and you, you make those bubbles and whatnot, and that's, that's what you do. So I did it, and after I was done, my wife looks at me, and she says, you can't do that. No, no. You can't, you can't breathe out. When, but here, here's her argument. Okay. It's, it's, it was a, it was a, it came from a, a competition angle. So if, if you and I, Denny, mm -hmm. were holding our breaths between one another and we saw, right. we tried to see if we tried that right now, one of us would pass out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I see what. But if we were competing to see who could hold our breath the longest, uh -huh. her argument is that if you breathed out, it wouldn't be fair because the other person wouldn't know what type of, sort of breath that was i guess whereas if, you, if whereas if you're underwater you know that you're not breathing i mean you could be breathing in and just killing yourself but uh okay. you, know, you know that you're not breathing in because you're underwater you, have, you come up out of water to, to lose or win the yeah. holding the breath competition right there's there's some forced honesty with the water that's you know, right that's right but I, <laughs> the I mean, risk of me, death is imminent right right to me you could plug your nose Right. You could you could do something out of water, but also like in my circumstance, I was doing it alone and trying to see how long I could. By the way, I held my breath for like a minute, minute 20 or something like that. Seems like a long time. I, you know, back in the day, remember, because I'm sure everyone, you know, if you were in a pool, you had like someone, you know, time you while you were underwater when you were like seven years old. Just see how right. long you could do it. And I remember like being happy when I got to like 30 seconds, but now yeah. we're, now we're adults and we don't really do that anymore. So I have no idea what's like a normal hold your breath length for an adult. Right. Well, I, I'll say this. If you were competing against someone, you would need to set ground rules about the, the, the exhalation, right? Like about yes. that breathing out and, and you would have to watch each other closely to make sure that that breath was not actually in an in, in inhalation but you know you're just exhaling and if you lay those ground rules i think i think it's fine it is a little 
it is a little strange when when you know you're doing a competition like that and someone lets out a big breath you know that seems like the end but i'm with you i i I think that amanda is a little bit off base here yeah i think it's a breathe in to breathe in situation that that's how long you have not that's how long you've held your breath and uh speaking of you know you said as as adults we don't compete uh with breath holding anymore i i actually do have a, a an unfortunate story about that uh as an adult you know, yes 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 okay, as an adult. i was in i was in my mid-20s and um i had been the only uh boyfriend in my wife's family for for a while okay for you know i, I don't know a couple years and suddenly this guy now my uh now my brother-in-law victor who i love very much he he comes into the picture and he is just as intimidating as hell, right? I mean, he's six five, former basketball player, incredibly good looking. Looks like Dean Kane from the old <laughs> Superman. Does he? Does he uh, act like Dean Kane too? Uh, well, he's super cool. Okay, okay super cool. Okay. So, so pretty much just just the the perfect man, right? And uh, so I'm 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 like trying to be on my game when Victor comes to town, right? So we go on vacation together, first time. We're in the pool. It was me, Victor, all the all the this, the siblings, uh, my wife's siblings, and my wife. And he wants to have a competition, a, a, a breath holding competition. So I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm game. I'm doing it, and I'm winning. I'm gonna win. Uh, so he uh, he then goes on to humiliate me by we both go under at the same time, and we did this like four times, both going at the same time. He he very quietly got out of the water while I didn't know that he was getting out of the water and I'm under just dying, just yeah, holding my you breath. Do, you, yeah. You, you hold on to the sides and you start shaking back and forth. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm like, no, no, I'm not losing. I'm not losing this time. And I would come up and he would, and then he would sink back under. So it looked like I lost. And he did this like three or four times and I was furious and everybody was laughing hysterically and I, I finally got it. I was like, oh, yeah, right. You just exploited my need to compete, my, my hyper-competitive yeah. nature. Wow. I get it. I get it. So I was totally owned. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. Speaking of the the competitive nature, uh, I, I before we get to, to the rest of the show, I do want to say I, I got a Peloton. Uh, yeah. it, got, it got delivered yesterday. Did my first workout today. And, and Peloton should not be – I should not have a Peloton. Why not? Because you know that I'm a competitive person with you stuff, with, yeah. with certain things. And I don't think that it's going to be a healthy relationship. Like even, Wait, even today, I haven't ridden a bike in forever. You're working uh-huh. different muscles. You're doing, and, and I did one, I, I did an exercise, like a 30 minute workout and there were 11,000 people that did it. Oh wow! And I'm sitting there and I am making sure that I am not dropping in the leaderboard. Oh, 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 there's a leaderboard. Oh yeah. There's a leaderboard. Yeah. Oh my God. No, that's not good for you. No, it's really bad. So I ended up getting like in the three, I, I got like 3,500, I think it was out of the, out of the 11,000. So it was like a better, you know, way, but there are, there are, but the thing is, that's really, really humiliating about Peloton and anyone who has a Peloton is going to totally vibe with this here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, so your profile is just your username, like the leaderboard. It's like your username. You have an avatar if you want one. And then it shows like your general age, like, you know, 30s and male and then uh, your city that you're in. Right. right. And that's right. all you see. 
But I'm sitting there and there's like a 60 year old dude that's doing just as well as me. And I'm like, what in the world is this man? He's just destroying me right now. Dude, listen, if you're 60 and you're on that Peloton every day kicking your ass, you you're going to get strong. You're going to get really good at it. And I mean, I'm sure you will too. I'm sure, I'm sure that you'll, you'll be, you know, in Lance Armstrong shape by the summer. So, you know, congratulations in advance. I am excited about it. I am. It was a very fun, good workout. I enjoyed it. Uh, but it was a little bit demoralizing too, at the same time. How do your legs feel? They feel, they feel fine today. I mean, here's the thing. Like I've, I've generally been like, a. am I'm, I'm, my legs are generally in shape cause I do a decent amount of cardio. So it's not like, it's like this crazy, crazy shift, Right. but it's definitely using different muscles that I'm right. not used to using. Um, and it, it's just gonna, it's, it's a little bit to get used to. I hope that I, like you said, I mean, I, I'm going to be competitive with it, probably do it four or five times a week. And then, uh-huh. you know, by the end, by, hopefully by like the end of January or something, I'm going to be just destroying souls on the Peloton. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You're going to be going for 35th instead of 35th hundredth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like my, my sister is in like unbelievable shape. Like she, she's a, she's so into work. Like she's very into fitness and nutrition and she friended me on the Peloton and I looked at her like stat. She's done like 1800 workouts on Peloton. Wow. And, and her, her, like I looked at her like most recent uh, Peloton. So like her, her, her ride that she did. I, I was at like 19 and a half or 19, 19 and a half, I think miles an hour today on my, on my ride and on average and her average on, on an hour long ride was over 24 miles an hour. What? Like she's just out of control. These people, like there's some people that are just insane at this stuff. So props it's, to her. Shout out to my sister. Yes. Uh, big fan of the show. Uh, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our families don't listen to us. So uh it's amazing how everything we do now is measured. Yeah. Uh, every performance aspect of our lives is measured down to like the 50th decimal. Yeah. And I think that, that that's, that's great in some ways. I also think that it's just too much in other ways. Like, that's cool. I like what you're saying and I, and I'm jealous and I want one. Yeah. But, but, uh, but, th- but this, this idea of like constantly measuring, like you can obviously measure your sleep with the smart watches you know, um, uh, everything has to be measured. And I, I, I feel like I feel like we could go maybe too far with that. I think that we probably are going too far with it, uh, especially especially with exercise. There's a lot of good studies that have been done showing that like that that people all the time are overdoing it in terms of their their maximum heart rate and their heart rate in general while they're exercising. Sure. That it's 20, 15 to 20 beats per minute too fast. And that's cool. actually doing detrimental uh, it's, it's detrimental to your health more yeah. so. I mean, it's probably not totally detrimental, but versus like doing like a, a legit right. good, a healthy jog for a long period of time is way better for your general endurance. But someone, you know, a health Twitter is going to come after me for, for saying that I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. But I think what you're saying is that like people have this information, but they don't know what to do with it. You right. Know, and, right. And, that, and that's, and that's of course a huge problem. I mean, that's a huge problem in football, you know, like teams have a bunch yeah. of information and they, they largely over the years, they haven't known what to do with it. So uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a huge, thing. it's a huge, it's a huge problem for this show, to be honest, uh, <laughs> it is. Where, where we have way too much information and we talk ourselves out of plays. But fortunately, Denny last week, not very bad. Uh, not very. Yeah, not very bad. That's that's right. Not very I, bad. No, oh, no one ever says that phrase, though. So it sounded kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> so we had Kirk Cousins as like the main streamer. Uh, he had 23 fantasy points. That was a, a perfect process play, in my opinion, because it was. Yes. because because we looked at the, the team total. 
Uh, we know that touchdowns can come via the air instead of on the ground. Uh, and I think that a lot of times, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I found myself making and others making, unless you're like looking at the extremes and looking at a more desperation play is trying to predict game script too heavily. Right. R- right. Where oftentimes we say, Oh, Kirk cousins is facing Dallas. Therefore there's going to be this crazy positive game script. It's a Dalvin cook day. Well, right. you can't assume that in the, in the NFL, you just can't assume that. Yeah, no. And you have, yes, you have to go with quarterbacks who have a large implied total. Um, and by the way, Cousins scored 23, and he absolutely cramped the bed on the last drive. And and he had a good, you know, three to seven fantasy points teed up for him on that last drive. Right, right. You know, I, I think that game script matters, obviously, when you're predicting, like, for DFS lineups or something where you need to get that variance and hit that yeah. variance. Or, or if you're, you know, like on my podcast this past week, I recommended as a deep running back play – Alexander Madison, because if, if they did hit that negative or that positive game script, yeah. then they would probably throw him in, in the game a little bit more. They just didn't. Right. But that that's, you know, when it's that extreme of a play, it's a little bit different when we're talking about a quarterback streamer, we don't need to go that insane. Um, so Kirk Cousins worked out. We had Tua who uh, didn't get hurt. He got benched. Uh, he had 7.3 points. He was a deeper play. Alex Smith, also a deeper play, 8.3 points. And then we had two other quarterbacks. One was, one that I don't know if we actually added to the Patreon page, but I talked about him on my podcast, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw him in here. That was Philip Rivers. Uh, he had 21.4 points. Uh, and then Derek Carr uh, had 21.6 points, where, I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll be talking about Carr later, spoiler alert, but uh, he's had two top 10 performances this year, and they were both against Kansas City. I know. Yeah, I can't figure it out because Kansas City is so tough against pretty much every other quarterback. Yeah, so tight ends, we have Irv Smith, 4.3. We had Taysom Hill, uh, 24.42. Logan Thomas had 2.8, so not a great uh, tight end week for us. Uh, I I removed Mo Alley-Cox from this list, by the way, because Jack Doyle was playing in that game. That's right. You know, Thomas dropped a a ball against Cincinnati where he was wide open and he had about 30 yards in front of him, and I, I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Yeah. Uh, our defensive picks were amazing though. We had, uh, Washington, they had 12, we had Cleveland, they went absolutely bonkers and they had 20. Uh, we had the chargers, uh, they had nine. They also had to pick six. And then we had Detroit who they were fine enough. We, we, we had the, the, the plan to go Detroit if Teddy didn't start. And obviously he didn't start Detroit scored six fantasy points. Didn't kill you. They were fine. So overall I'd say it was a pretty good week last week. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do week. Let's do Thanksgiving week now. Let's do Thanksgiving week. All right, let's start with defense this week. Where where right. we where we you know we're going OG here, where we used to start every week and we've That's been right, like yeah. going more quarterback and stuff. Anyway, let's go with the New York Giants. Uh, Joe Burrow, they're they're facing the Bengals. Joe Burrow is not playing because he tore up his entire yeah. knee. Very sad. Yeah. Um, the Giants are five and a half point favorites now. I think that actually uh, has gotten better for the Giants. I think it opened mm-hmm. at four and a half. Uh, but the, the over-under has stayed the same at 42.5. So low over-under, the Giants are favorites. That alone means that you should play them, right? But you look at Ryan Finley. Yes. Uh, he had three starts last year. I think his completion percentage was horrific. I think it was like 45% or something yeah, like that. 47. Yeah, 47. Yeah. Uh, so he was horrible last year. He allowed 11 sacks in those three games where the team did. Uh, he had a couple of picks. Um, and then I also, you know, I mentioned pressure rate all the time. You know, I, I look at a pressure chart that I put together where it looks at the team's pressure rate versus the team that they're facing uh, and, and their pressure rate allowed. 
um, in the chart this week like this matchup in particular because the Bengals have not been good at protecting Joe Burrow. And Burrow is mobile, too. That's the other thing. But they have not been good at protecting Joe Burrow. uh, And the Giants have been above average at generating pressure. So I think the Giants are a very, very, very good play this week. Yes, I'm I'm obsessed with the Giants and the Giants kicker, who is coming off the COVID list, hopefully. Uh, I have the Packers here. Packers against the Bears. Packers are at home, seven and a half point favorite. So, you know, the process, the process, the process. Uh, Only six teams have allowed more schedule adjusted points to defenses than the Bears. I'm actually shocked it's it's that low. Um, The Bears are averaging 1.7 turnovers per game over their past three games. And it doesn't really matter who starts a quarterback, I feel like. Uh, I know that uh, Nick Foles went down with some sort of butt injury or hip injury um, last time they played a couple weeks ago. But uh, Tyler Bray could get the start if Foles is not ready and and, uh, Trubisky remains sidelined. I'm going to be pretty excited about streaming the Packers if Tyler Bray goes. But, But, you know, either way. Uh, I think that the Packers, especially Packers secondary, really good secondary against just a horrific Bears passing game. I think that that spells maybe a couple turnovers for us. Yeah. And the other thing, too, the Bears can't run the ball and that's the Packers weakness. Right. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, so the last defense, I like them a lot. Uh, I probably like them way more than the consensus likes them. And it's the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So. Hear me out. We've been trashing the Seahawks all year. We target quarterbacks against the Seahawks. They're horrible, whatever. They traded for Carlos Dunlap. uh, And since Dunlap uh, entered Seattle, it's been three games, they've averaged 4.3 sacks per game. Uh, Before Dunlap, they were averaging 1.7 sacks per game. Hmm. Now, on top of that, you look at how they've just generally performed. They've faced the Bills, the Rams, and the Cardinals in those three games. They've faced good good offenses the last two weeks they've given up 21 and 23 points to the Cardinals and the Rams so they've, they the defense in general has played better and what's the logic behind this well Carlos Dunlap is really good they're generating more more pressure they're able to sack the quarterback more yeah. part of the reason why quarterbacks were doing so well against Seattle is because they were just sitting back there in the pocket and they were doing whatever they wanted to do right and now they can't do that to that degree now this week Seattle brings that that newfound pass rush against Philadelphia. Carson Wentz has been horrific. Mm-hmm. They've allowed, I think, still the highest sack rate in football, um, but they've also been the fourth most advantageous matchup in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed this year. Um, so I really like the Seahawks in this matchup as favorites, but then on top of that, get this, Denny, after this Eagles game, the Seahawks get the Giants, Jets, and Washington over mm-hmm. their next three games. So you could realistically right now, guys, add the Seahawks this week, and play them for the next month. That's pretty sweet. Wow, good looking out. Yeah, uh, I think we have to adjust our the way we think about the Seahawks defense. And honestly, I kind of hate it because I feel I feel like the team is maybe teetering on not letting Russ cook anymore. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's it's not just... fun. I don't like it anymore. I don't. Like yeah. it anymore. <laughs> so I mean, you know, fantasy wise, it's probably not great. But yeah, Seahawks are a great play this week. Um, so let's get to quarterbacks. I have three of them, and you have two of them. So I'll, I'll kick things off. I think the top streamer this week, the safest play is Derek Carr. So I already mentioned that he's only had two top 10 performances this year, both against Kansas city. Uh, but he's in a really good spot against Atlanta. This, this game is a 55 and a half point over under. That's the highest of the league of, of the week. That's according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, and their implied uh, total is really high as well. Cause they're three point favorites. And then Atlanta has been the best team 
to for for opposing quarterbacks favorably uh and adjusted fantasy points allowed so I think it all all lines up really well for Derek Carr to have a big week um you know will they be more conservative than, than we'd like maybe but I I think process wise he's a top 10 option this week overall I mean I think right now mm-hmm. consensus probably has him I, I think that they had him at like QB7 or QB8 I mean he's a really really good pick this week yeah, I mean, the problem with Carr, as, as we have discovered uh, in games where the Raiders have a lot of positive script, is that the Raiders have, a, I think, a bottom three or four neutral pass rate this year. So when they when things are going well for them, Carr is just not going to produce or is not going to get a chance to, to, to throw that all that much. So that's, yeah. that's one. I, I really, really hope that Julio plays in this game. God, yes, please. Because it would, it would allow the eruption to yes. occur. And I, I'm very – I mean, I – I tweeted out the the stat today, and I actually mentioned it on my on my ten trend show that's gonna drop tomorrow. But um, uh, Matt Ryan with Julio Jones this year twenty three point three fantasy points per game without him nine. Mm. So I, I know that fantasy points aren't like the end all to but you can at mm-hmm. least see how bad they've performed. That's that's Julio playing the majority of the team snaps versus not. So there's two games in there where he played, but not a lot because he got hurt. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a it's a completely different offense without Julio. We want that so that you know, like you mentioned, the Raiders can't just go into this, like, uh, you know, run first, boring ass mode. Yeah. uh, And we need to keep Carr throwing the ball. Yeah. We don't want any boring asses in this game. Uh, I think you're saying uh, that Julio matters. Is that correct? I think Julio matters. (laughs) Yes. Breaking, breaking, breaking news. Uh, All right. I have a Baker Mayfield who, you know, I just, I hate when you give me Baker Mayfield because I have to talk positively about him. I know I did it on purpose, but yes, he did. Of course. Vindictive. Uh, but the the matchup is right. You know, they, they play the Jags. Yes, the Browns are going to be in Jacksonville. They're going to be exposed to sunlight for the first time in months. So we, yeah, we yeah. Seriously, what can we talk about <laughs> Cleveland just for one second? Like if, if you if if your exposure to the city of Cleveland was only watching Browns games, you, you have to think that that's the worst city on the planet, which it might be. I'm just, it might be. I'm just, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. I've been to Cleveland. It's nice. Mm. Uh, but you you would have to think that that place is just it's literal hell like that that is the next step once you die you go to cleveland <laughs> somebody quote jj out of context with that one that's, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty seriously. good yeah. Uh, yeah i mean it's it's a it's a a rain apocalypse every time i turn on a browns game I, it's and awful I, hate, I just hate i hate browns games but yeah i mean mayfield is a good play the browns have a 27.75 point implied total here uh, they're seven and a half point road favorites. Jacksonville allows 21.5 scheduled just to points to quarterbacks, which is the fifth highest. So only the Jets give up a higher completion rate to opposing passers than the Jaguars. Uh, and and the, the Jags front seven is getting no pressure whatsoever on, um, on, on opposing passers. They have a league worst 2.5% sack rate through week 11. Um, I, I think we we sort of run the risk of a of the Browns going super high T if they build a big lead lead mm-hmm. here and just run it with with Hunt and Chubb. Um, but you know, getting to that big lead, I think could you know, I think the quarterback, namely Baker Mayfield, could be involved in that point scoring. Um, so I think he's he's a he's a floor play. But then again, Baker Mayfield is never a ceiling play, so that goes without saying. Also, uh, there's a chance that Gardner Minshew's back. So if he is oh, back, then that would be really good for for that game environment in general. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go to Taysom Hill. Uh, we, I mean, this is fairly obvious. We know that that the rushing component is a cheat code in fantasy football. 
Last week, he had 10 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also threw the ball uh, fairly well. Um, he basically threw it like like Drew Brees. Didn't throw it down the field very often. He only had three deep balls. Uh, he had the lowest air yards total of any starter this past week. So, you know, there's just these like methodical, short, high percentage passes to not Alvin Kamara, I should mm-hmm. add. Uh, but he's running the ball, and that's what we want. That's what we care about. Denver's a fine matchup. Um, I probably don't like Taysom Hill as much as Derek Carr. Uh, but I think that he's right there. So if you can't get Carr, you know, I think Taysom's a, a better longer term, you know, cause you can probably play him for two weeks because they get Atlanta next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to go with Taysom over Carr off the waiver wire this week, that's fine. Um, but I, I think I like Carr more just this week straight up. How do we feel just quickly now that we're on Taysom, how do we feel about the thing where you keep him in at tight end and don't, oh, make we, we, we got it. We got a question about it. We'll, oh. we'll get into the, in the okay, good, 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 good. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, I have Tua against the Jets at the Jets. Uh, this, so the Jets are a soft quarterback mass, matchup, as uh, as we've seen, especially in recent weeks. They allow a 73% completion rate, which is kind of mind-blowing. That's the highest in the league by a good margin. And they allow 7.8 yards per attempt, which is third highest in the league. The Dolphins are a seven-point favorite with an implied total of 25.75 points. And, you know, I know Tua was a disaster last week. I mean, in some regards, it was an historically bad performance by Tua. I can't figure him out. He either looks like the worst quarterback I've ever seen or like the future of the league. I don't know which yeah. one he is, but um, maybe he's just a rookie trying to find his feet. But uh, this is the same Jets defense for those who would fear playing Tua, maybe in like Superflex or something, uh, that allowed 19.6 fantasy points to Brett Rippon back in October. Yeah. So Yeah, they suck. Uh, and then did I, I have one more, don't I, uh, I'm going to go did, to did, yeah. Philip rivers. Philip rivers is not nearly as bad as people think in terms of fantasy. Uh, sure. he's only given you one bad game across his last five. And that game was against Baltimore. He's averaging over 18 points per game over his last five games. Uh, and that includes that bad Baltimore game. Uh, he was decent enough against Tennessee. The last time they faced each other, the Titans are seventh best, uh, and giving up points to quarterbacks and adjusted points allowed. They're the seventh best matchup is what I'm trying to say. So I, I think Philip Rivers, I think Philip Rivers works this week. I would not be playing him over Taysom or Derek Carr. I think he's probably better than Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would, I, I would probably rank them this week: Carr, Hill, Rivers, Baker, Tua. Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe Tua over Baker. No, uh, I'd go, I'd go Baker over Tua. Yeah, I'd have a hard time putting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, let's go to tight ends. We have six of them, Denny, and you have four of them. So yeah. start talking. Yes, lots of talking coming up. All right, Jordan Reed against the Rams. Uh, Reed was sort of eased back into the primary pass-catching tight end role in San Francisco last time they played against the Saints. Um, he goes against a Rams team that uh, 24% of, I'm sorry, 24.7% of the targets against the Rams go to tight ends. That's the highest rate in the league through 11 weeks. Uh, that translates to 8.6 targets per game to tight ends against LA. Uh, I mentioned Reed against the saints a couple weeks ago uh, in that game. He ran more routes than Ross Dwelly, uh, 22 routes to be exact. He had six targets. That was five more targets than Dwelly. And I guess the hope is that, you know, a negative game script produces a, another pass heavy 49ers attack. Not that that's any good, by the way, sure, um, they're, they're obviously bad, but for, for our purposes, if you're just streaming Jordan Reed, 
um, you, you probably want that that sort of outcome. And uh, and yeah, and and you know the Rams are shutting down opposing receivers, you know, uh, largely, and uh, so tight ends and running backs get a bunch of targets against them. I am going to go with Anthony Ferkser. How is it like? It's got to be one of the most annoying names for someone to have. It is. Oh my god, it's so annoying. I want. I want to be Fersker for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He has had a double-digit percentage target share in each of his last four games, Denny. He's averaging a 16.4% target share per game over the last month. He has more receptions than Janu over this time. Uh, I think Roto World had a blurb about that. Actually, was it you Uh, who did that? It it may have been me. Yes. Yeah. Look at you. Um, and, and you know, it's partially John who can't stay healthy and he's like always getting hurt in games and stuff like that. But, and he was banged up, I believe this past week. Um, so you're looking at Ferkser, uh, a dart throw play, um, mm-hmm. you know, but he's seeing enough volume in that offense. So I, I think he's fine enough. Uh, yeah. My one worry with him is that, uh, if Adam Humphreys ever comes back from this concussion, that, that may, that may cut into his usage, but I don't think Humphreys is coming back. So yeah, I think he's had a rough year. He had, he had COVID too. Yeah, man. And that hit, Oh, that he took the concussion hit against the Bengals. Dear God. Yeah. Rough. year. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Schultz. We're back on Schultzy. Yeah. As we call him, we, we, we so affectionately call him, uh, playing against Washington on, it's like, it's like we're a, we're a hockey team. That's what, that's what hockey players yeah. do. They just put, they put why, like you would be like, uh, yeah. I don't know what you would be actually I, for, I for be Carter. Dead. For Cardi, you'd be like Cardi or something like that. Cardi, okay, okay. But what would you be? Zachy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah you're good at this. I, I'm not good at this. I It would have well, taken me 15 I, minutes to come up with that. I listen to a lot of hockey interviews, post-game oh, yeah. interviews, and they, okay. and they just drop it all the time. A lot, lot of, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, that's, that's how they, they, they fill uh, while they're giving interviews because they're all right. Canadian. That that makes for great audio, I would, I would have to say. Yeah, yeah. So Schultze against Washington Thanksgiving Day, uh, he was targeted on six of his 27 routes last week against the Vikings. He caught four for 25 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nearly 24% of the targets against Washington this year have gone to tight ends. That's the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Dallas is a three-point favorite here with a 24.5 point implied total, which is not totally hateful. I definitely don't think that Schultz is like a better play than Jordan Reed, um, but you could do worse. Yeah. Uh, I really don't mind Jacob Hollister. Greg Olson's out um, for four to six weeks. I believe it is. He might be out for the year. Uh, Seattle should score points against Philly. Philly is the sixth best matchup against tight ends in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, you, you could go with Will Disley if you wanted to, but I prefer Jacob Hollister because over the last few weeks, he's the one who's seen a little bit more routes run, a little bit yeah. of, of a better target share. You know, you mentioned that there was like that big hit that he took a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason why they didn't, they seem to not use him uh, as much uh, in that game when we were streaming him. But, you know, we, we saw Hollister come through down the stretch last year, um, yeah. and I think we might see a similar thing happen this year. I mean, I don't think he's that bad of a tight end. So I think that you could you could go to him this week and then hope that you get like a high end tight end two from here on out. I want him to be a thing so bad, and I don't even know why. I can't even tell you why. I just do. Yeah. All right. I think I have good memories from streaming him last year. Um, Irv Smith, the fourth against Carolina uh, last week. He once again ran more routes than Kyle Rudolph, twenty-one to fifteen uh, against the Cowboys. Rudolph was targeted more though so that's not the best but the vikings have a 25.25 
point implied total uh, this week against the Panthers. So we're hoping for a tight end touchdown here. And otherwise, Smith probably won't give you a whole lot in that very conservative, high testosterone uh, Vikings offense. Yeah. And then you have one more, don't you? Oh, I do. Yes. Jordan Akins. Yes. Jordan. Yeah. Our, our go-to. We just mentioned Jordan Akins every week. And, and, you know, when he hits, we take credit. When he doesn't, we don't. That's right. We, we deny him uh, if we, if we, uh, if he does poorly, uh, actually part of my Monday morning routine now for Roto world, I have the Monday morning news, uh, news duty, uh, is to look at uh, Texans tight end snaps and, uh, and, and pass routes. And it's maddening because it just oh, changes yeah. all the time. This guy, Pharaoh Brown is like a thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Houston plays against Detroit for the early game, uh, in the early game for on Thanksgiving, Akins has led the team in tight end routes and targets over the past two weeks after kind of being eased back into the offense after an ankle injury and a concussion. Uh, Darren Fells actually has fallen behind the aforementioned Pharaoh Brown, who is, you know, suddenly a thing, sort of. Uh, The Lions are not a great tight end matchup. They only allow 3.5 tight end receptions per game. Uh, But you could do worse than starting a pass-catching tight end for a team that has an implied total of 26.75, which I believe is the third or maybe the fourth highest of the week. Yeah. And Randall Cobb has what they called a significant toe injury. Significant. Yes. Yes. And so it is, it's, it might be Aiken season. It might be Kiki QT season. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so to recap, we have Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, New York Giants, Irv Smith, Jordan Reed, Dalton Schultz, Jordan Akins, Jacob Hollister, Anthony Ferkser, uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa, uh, Baker Mayfield, Philip Rivers, Taysom Hill, Derek Carr. Let's get to these questions, Denny. First one is from at Chris underscore Riley underscore FFB. What's your take on facial hair slash shaving? My league is divided between the pro. Fa- I love it's the league is divided and not like, you know, my, my friends or something. It's like the, your fantasy league is having this discourse. Uh, my league is divided between the pro facial hair group and the select few of us that enjoy shaving and having a clean face. It's a great podcast activity. I guess listening to podcast activity is that like you're shaving while you're listening uh, to podcasts. Yeah, I guess. And, and itchy faces are the worst. What am I missing here? Uh, well, I I'm with you on on the need to trim trim the old beard. I mean, I I never go like fully like shaved uh, down to like you know like with a straight razor. Yeah. I only use a straight razor on certain parts of my face, mustache area. I've mentioned this. We've I think we talked about this a couple weeks yeah. ago. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I get itchy and I get uncomfortable. I also don't love the way it looks. And also just between you and me, JJ, I have a lot of gray hair coming into my beard. Oh man. I mean, I mean a lot. Yeah, but it, chicks, chicks dig that man. Your, oh, wife, yeah. your, your wife loves the silver Fox. I'm she sure. does. It, yeah, she does absolutely too. does. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, yeah, I, but I, you know, just for me, uh, it just reminds me of my own decay. So I, I'd rather just, just, just shave that off and pretend it's not there. So I, I also think that we have to be cognizant of some people can rock a beard. Mm-hmm. Some people can rock, whether it's a, a, a very thick and long beard mm-hmm. uh, or or it's more like close shaven, like how I have it, like a little bit of a shorter beard or being clean shaven. Like I know for me uh, at this point in my life, if I go clean shaven, and I did that, I did this last year. It was like, like two, maybe it was in February, but mm-hmm. I, I, I shaved off my beard. And I looked like I was 13 years old (laughs) and I don't, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't need that right now. And I feel, you know, there's, there's some people that just feel better when they have a certain 
facial hair level. Mm. And not only that, you know, the way that I work my beard is mm. I shave, I, I trim it once or twice a week, depending on like the time of year. But, you know, in football season, when I'm doing like more videos and stuff and I have to look more presentable, I'll do it like twice a week and, and then I'll shave my neck beard with that too. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot less maintenance than right. having to, to be clean shaven all the time where you probably have to do it daily or, or maybe once every other day. I, uh, I think I look better without much facial hair. So therefore I, I make a point to at least trim yeah. up more like, like every third day. Yeah. And look, I think that I look better with like a short beard mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's the direction I go in because I need to maintain the Flacco look. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. You guys have the exact same facial hair. It's, it's eerie. Yeah, it's true. It's very bizarre. Did you see, I, I fleeted, um, well, first off I fleeted a smoothie picture. Did you see that yesterday? No, I guess you did I ta- that. I had, I put your handle in it. I guess it doesn't let you know if someone tags you in a fleet. No, man, um, they suck. No, they're great. So well, I fleeted a smoothie picture and then I also fleeted that I got a new headshot and, yeah. but I, I first put Flacco's headshot. Yeah. I said, Hey, check out my new headshot. And then I, the next one yeah. was whoops, wrong one. And then I had my actual new headshot. No, 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 no. Fleets are bad because they don't allow for any interaction. I don't, I don't want that. I, I need the interaction. Fleets are good. You you get DMs from people. Not if you not if you. I have my DMs closed. Well, I have them open because I'm a masochist. <laughs> but no, man, get fleets. It's, it has to be the worst the worst feature of Twitter. Honestly, I love it. Uh, next question is from at polished. Don't call me polished tweeter. <laughs> Just came across this on ESPN. If you leave Taysom Hill in the tight end spot, he can stay there. You can't or you just can't make any trades, waiver wire pickups, etc until he is out similar to stashing IR players. If this were to happen in your league, what's the appropriate ruling? Okay. So this is what we said we were going to talk about. So the thing is that's happening. It's not even, it's not even to the degree of what happened with Marcus Colston way back in the day where you could leave him in your tight end spot, but you can, you can manipulate the rest of your lineup. It's my understanding. I'm only in one ESPN league and I don't have Taysom. um, But it's my understanding that you can leave him in. Sure but you cannot even manipulate your lineup. So right. if you have guys who were on by last week, like Allen Robinson, he can't be in your lineup until you move Taysom Hill. So that's different than what happened with Colston, where you could actually move your lineup around and just take a zero when Colston had a bye week right. and just continue to use him at tight end. So that's very important. And Denny, I'm sure that you have the similar take as me on this. So why don't you, you, you can, you can give us your take. It, right. I, if you want to make that sacrifice and leave a guy like Allen Robinson on the bench so that you can keep Taysom Hill as your tight end, I say you should be allowed to do that and no one should complain about it because you're not cheating. That's not cheating. Like the, the site will let you do that. And therefore you should take advantage of that if you think that's the best move for your team. Now, you know, if you're in like a 14 team league and you you're gonna have to play like you know Gabriel Davis over Allen Robinson this week. Uh, that doesn't even make sense because the Bills didn't play last week. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, like if you have to play like a wide receiver four over Allen Robinson because you can't make that roster move because you want to keep Taysom in the tight end spot, that's probably not ideal. You know, it's probably not uh, optimal. So I, I'm I'm fine with it. I think it 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 adds a really interesting, intriguing layer of gamesmanship to fantasy football. I love it. Yeah, I mean, to me, my answer to all of these types of questions is if there aren't rules around something, then you can do that. 
Like, like you're, you're not colluding. You're not, you're not doing anything wrong. And look, this is the same stance that I had going into the week where ESPN had him at tight end or tight end eligible. And we didn't, you know, by the time waivers went through Tuesday night to Wednesday morning, which is when they go through for most ESPN leagues as their default. By the time that happened, we did not think that Taysom Hill was going to be the starter for them, right? Like it was a possibility. So people who got Taysom Hill, you know, were, were able to have that potential upside. Sure. But we all thought that Jameis, I mean, we, on the show last week, we had Jameis as a streamer, right? A like streamer. Yeah, right. So we, we thought that Jameis was going to start, but we knew that there was at least a 1%, you know, some chance that Taysom Hill was going to start. So you can't, after the fact, on Thursday or Friday, when, by the way, they didn't even name the starter until basically on Sunday, right? Sean Payton was like non-committal throughout the entire week. It was beat reporters and stuff and, and Shefty that were the ones saying that Taysom Hill was going to start for them. So ESPN needs to be very, very logical and methodical with how they handle that situation. They can't say because Taysom Hill is going to start, he's now not tight end eligible because number one, what happens if he doesn't start, right? Because right? we don't know that for sure. And then number two, uh, what happens to the teams that spent FOB to get Taysom Hill, right? right? Now all of a sudden they had a plan at tight end and that plan just got blown up because they switched tight end eligibility middle of the week. You can't do that. So like, is it ideal that he was a tight end? No, that's my, my point and what I went to Twitter about and what I was talking about uh, throughout you know social media this week my, my point is not that it's ideal for Taysom Hill to be a tight end. It's this is the situation we're in. Now let's find a solution. And the solution is not to immediately change his eligibility. I think it was a fun, fun thing. And, and you know how you could tell, uh, you know, who didn't get Taysom yeah, Hill yeah. on waivers because they were the ones who were the most angry online. They were the ones who were just screaming about it all for, for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday into the weekend saying, this is not fair. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get killed by the, by the person who picked up uh, Taysom Hill and plugs him into tight end. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's a, it, this is a fun part of the game. I think I, 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 I know look, fantasy football, Twitter uh, hates one thing and that's fun. Okay. It's true. They hate fun because it's a very serious uh, portion of Twitter, you know, and, and so anytime we can have fun, you're going to have a lot of people who step up and say, no, no, no. Taysom Hill in the tight end spot is too much fun. We cannot do that. Uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I say, go for it. Yeah. Next question from at Eddie underscore straight in honor of Thanksgiving and the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, what gets the thanks? I hate it award for this season in fantasy. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that it is uh, the Indianapolis Colts coaching staff and the way that they've handled the running backs. Yeah, that's the big, that's a big time. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here uh, as far as like usage goes. Um, mm. Maybe a- anything, yeah. anything uh, Adam Gase related is a thanks. I hate it. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah. I, w- I, w- I would say the entire Ravens team. Yeah, Thanks. the Ravens were another one that I that I thought about too. Yeah, they've right. they've ruined uh, a lot of players in that offense. They, I mean, they're they're in the process of ruining Lamar Jackson. Marquise Brown is a non-entity in in fantasy. Mark Andrews is as good as a streamer most weeks. I mean, <laughs> how can this be? They have they 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 have lead the league in rushing, and they don't have a viable 
starter, fantasy starter on the team. How? Yeah, yeah. Uh, next question is from at BPO FSU. Any home remedies for tilting too hard about fantasy football results? I'm frozen in full tilt after Denny beat me in Scott Fishbowl, uh, even though he started Teddy Bridgewater, and then this guy would appreciate any advice. Hello, and yes, I I was super tilted and said words that are unspeakable on air uh, when I realized that I did not take out Bridgewater and put Tannehill in. And Tannehill ended up with 24 Scott Fishbowl points, which in other leagues would equate to 115 fantasy points. Yeah, right. Um, and and I was I was tilting pretty hard last night. This uh, the the person here. What's Brian. His, what's his name? Brian. Brian. So Brian had Tom Brady oh. and Brady throws that late touchdown to Godwin last night. And it, that brought him within two points of me. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's over. Like I'm, I'm done. But in Scott fishbowl, I believe it's negative four points for, for a, a pick. pick. Yeah. So that last pick was, was the wow. end. So I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's super tilting. Uh, I could have just ended your misery by putting Tannehill in. And I, and I'm sorry for that, but I suffered too. I want you to know that. Wow. Uh, by the way, the uh, the LTS Listener League, I'm in second place still, and I've won six in a row. You're rolling. I'm seven and four, and I started one and four in that league. But I, th- I actually had a crazy, crazy sweat in that league this week uh, because uh, I can't remember who I was facing, but they had, I think it might have been Reed. I might be wrong, though. I'm sorry if I was wrong. Um, but they had Robert Tunyon. Uh, they, they had... They had Le'Veon Bell. Like they had just this list of guys who don't do anything, all score touchdowns. And then uh, last night I had Ryan's. I needed like 18 points from Ryan Suckup and Chris Godwin, and that touchdown is what did it for me. Dang. Mm. Yeah. I, I I'm three and eight, so things are going well for me in that league. Yeah, I think that you're you're eliminated this year. Uh, next question is from at Didymus. JJ, because you are always going back to think about your process based on what you know now, what percentage of your tweets should actually have been fleets is fleets for the good tweets or the, you could do worse takes. Uh, I, I see as fleets. So fleeting is, is <laughs> no, it's, it's a good brand exercise and brand building exercise. I, I think that you can, uh, you can uncover a little bit through fleeting. That, that's my take. Why not just make a video? Well, you do, and then you put it in a fleet. So, Denny, by the way, you know that when you fleet, you can see uh, who uh, is viewing your fleets. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's the same thing. I, I, are you on Instagram? You're not on Instagram, are you? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like Instagram. You can see who's viewing it, which I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that or not. No, I, that's I, horrible. Like you, can't, you can't creep on people. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't. I would I would be hesitant to watch anyone's fleet now because yeah. I don't want them to think that I'm a creeper that that's that's just like crawling around the top of my my app looking for new fleets to watch. I, yeah, but here here's the thing though, if you're watching like if people are if you're looking at your list to see who viewed your fleets, I mean you have enough followers that <clears throat> you know you're gonna generate thousands of of people viewing it, viewing the fleet, and you're not gonna go through all those names nor do you even care. But, you know, if you're like, like, uh, you know, so on Facebook, they have the Facebook, you can, you can import your stories from Instagram to Facebook, Okay. you know? And so you, you've seen stories on Facebook, right? I have, I I don't understand them, but I have seen them. Sure. So people can see if you view them. Okay. Okay. And it's always more awkward because I'll click on one 
and then it'll automatically go to the next one if you get through it. Oh. And I don't want that to happen. But then, and then it's just going to be some random person that I haven't talked to since uh, high school, right? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, why are you creeping on me and and seeing my you know three year old, right? And and seeing what he's up to." Um, but yeah, it's a, it's kind of a weird dynamic. But I, I'm a fan of fleeting. I like fleeting. What JJ? What if what if Pete Overzet sees that I watch his fleets? What is going to happen? I'm going to be familiar. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're are you ever going to recover? No, I don't think I will. Pete Pete is a an elite fleeter, though. I will say he is. I will say. Uh, which is not sh- not shocking at all. Uh, next question is from at Arnie M. Bluford. What is your preferred method of fighting against big turkey? <laughs> I, I feel like we're like I, I just pictured us actually fighting a large turkey. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I look like I'm not the person to ask because I like Thanksgiving food. I enjoy it. I'll eat the crap out of it. it it's it's delicious. And all of you haters are just hating because you like to be a contrarian. I have to say it's the one time a year when I have stuffing with gravy on it and it's delicious. So I, I can't wow. complain too much. What? Remember back in the day when it was just corn though? Well, yeah, I mean corn. Yeah. You throw some corn on top of the gravy with the, naturally. With, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Turkey, Turkey's good with enough gravy, but otherwise it's not, not that good. I don't know. I, I what, what do I do? I, I take the Turkey and I throw it off the table. That's what I do. I don't want to read the next person's handle because it might might trigger some people. Um, but all it says is, <laughs> it's it's at Benghazi.gov. Oh is my the, gosh! Yeah, it's it's gonna trigger people. Uh, but all it says is, I don't read the handles whenever I favorite these to then read them on the show. But the, I, I thought the question was funny. All it says is jazz takes. <laughs> oh wait, what? Jazz, like like the the, right. the genre of music. Sure. Wait, he's asking for our jazz takes? He's asking if we have any jazz takes. I, I guess. do have some jazz takes, actually. Do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay, look, I'm looking at my, my recent listens on iTunes, right? Okay. Uh, and and uh, here are some... I, okay, so uh, the Thelonious Monk Essentials on Apple Music, fantastic. Really what is good. going on right now? Okay, that's one. <laughs> also... And, and I'm sure any jazz fan knows this album, I'm sure. But The Shape of Jazz to Come by Ornette Coleman is fantastic. I mean, really good. I love listening to it while I work, whilst I work. Um, and and, uh, and then and then anything, anything by Miles Davis, especially in like the really experimental cocaine 70s type stuff that he did is off the charts. Great. So the, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know much about jazz, but I know those. Wow. I did not expect this answer at all. Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a jazz. Uh, I'm, I, I dabble in jazz, uh, you know, and, and Melissa hates jazz so much. She can barely talk about it in public. So I'm into non-lyrical music while I work. Uh, most definitely. So I listen to a lot of like movie scores or like explosions in the sky who also have done some like shows and movies and stuff, but like, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I could not listen to jazz. I don't think while I work. Really? Yeah. Oh man. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's 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 excellent. I mean, I I not all of it, but I I I, I tried to listen to experimental jazz. I, I couldn't do it. it. It kind of blew my mind a little too much. <laughs> Next question is from at Ryan Seal thirteen. Please touch on the use of could and couldn't care less. Not well, enough people get this right. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When people say I could care less, that means you're saying you what you're saying is I am capable of caring less about yeah. about what you're saying when what you mean is i am incapable 
of, right. care, of caring less. So yes, if people, I would say more than half of people get that wrong consistently. Yeah. Next question is from at CD Cartier 13. I can't believe I'm asking this, but Lamar Jackson or live the stream. Oh dear God. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm playing, I am playing Derek Carr over Lamar Jackson this week. There it is. Yeah. I mean, that's where it's at. I mean, I, I, I don't even think that that's like that crazy. The Steelers have played Lamar Jackson. Well, like I think process wise, it makes sense. They played him well. He's not been that great. Like, I, I don't see the reason to think that that's like a bold take. So, yeah, he rushed for he rushed 16 times last time these teams played. And that was a season high by a good margin. Right. 16 times for 65 yards. So even with a huge increase in rushing attempts, he didn't do a whole lot. And he completed less than half of his passes against the Steelers and really hasn't had much success against them in any meeting in his career. So I, I I'm I'm with you. I think that his crazy, crazily enough, I feel like he has no ceiling. No, it's it's just gone. It's disappeared. It's disappeared. Next oh. question at John Leno: How do you handle watching a toddler by yourself when you all of a sudden need to use the bathroom for number two? Mm. It's a great question. So my method is, uh, I mean, I mean, look, toddlers can be on their own. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, I mean, if you have like a one-year-old, maybe, you know, maybe you know how to figure something out. But if, if they're, I mean, like I can go to the bathroom and Avery's outside in the living room and she's watching her iPad or something and I can, it's fine, right? I can be in and out and we're good to go. Yeah. I don't remember what I did when the kids were that little. Um, I don't know if I was in that position a whole lot where like Melissa wasn't home or, or I just had no other option. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, you could put the child on a leash perhaps yeah. and have the leash outside the door and just, and just kind of hold it while you're, while you're taking a dump. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. The other thing too, to make, I mean, every minute, literally every minute while I'm pooping, I will yell out to Avery and say, are yeah. you good? And then yeah. she'll say yes. And That's then we're right. fine. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Constant checks. Yes. Yeah. Next question at Katie Banks zero one. Are you surprised by the number of impact rookies in fantasy this year? I didn't expect much due to limited camps. Luckily still ended up with a quite with quite a few of them. And thanks JJ for the James Robinson love this summer. Uh, first off, you're welcome. This is probably my biggest hit of the year. Sure. Uh, but um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not fully surprised. Like one of the things that I talked about on my podcast before the season started was yes, we should probably bump down rookies but if the market is doing that, it doesn't matter. Right. So as a result of that, it doesn't matter. Like you don't need to, you don't need to like avoid rookies. You know, there's a difference between avoiding a guy and bumping them down. Right. Because bumping them down means that you're still looking at them relative to the market. Sure. Whereas avoiding means you're not drafting them at all. Right. And so, uh, when it comes, and not only that, but this, this class in particular, the wide receivers in this class entering the draft, you know, throughout the draft process, and then going into the season was unbelievable. Right. It was it was rivaling that 2014 class. And so I'm not shocked that there are players doing what they're doing right now. And it's wild, Denny. I did I did three startups this offseason, three dynasty startups. Two of them were, were pretty horrific, uh, and I'm probably gonna have to rebuild. But one of them I went with a with a straight up productive struggle team where I just drafted young guys as the Ryan McDowell special, right? Okay. And I drafted uh, this team just full of rookies got a bunch of dra- rookie picks in my draft, and I, I'm I'm I I try to go that direction more often than not these days. But the other two drafts just didn't really allow for me to do that. But this one I did, and I I I was so questionable with my team after the draft 
my team, it's it's the most loaded roster I have in Dynasty right now. Nice. Because all I did was draft guys from this class. I have Justin Herbert. You know, nice. I have I, I and I just happen to have DK Metcalf and AJ Brown as anchors. Wow. But then there's like T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and I mentioned Justin Herbert in a super flex league. I mean, it's crazy. But this class was that good. And and I'm mentioning all of that because it's completely transformed Dynasty. This class did. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think there's a difference between being a little a little hesitant on rookies and then fully fading them. And, yes, yes. And the, and the narrative on fantasy Twitter that rookies wouldn't have a shot this year because of the COVID offseason and whatnot. You know, it, it was just that. I mean, it just struck me as like the classic kind of story that we tell ourselves. And I'm guilty of that too. I'm not saying that I'm immune to to right. that sort of thing. As sort of because we, that's how our brains operate. Like we think in storylines. We want things to make sense, and right. that would make sense, you know. And in theory, yes, a rookie missing a training camp and and having all these, uh, you know, COVID re- related uh, hurdles to clear, you know, would would seem to be bad. But um, the story did not check out. Turns out. Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line, guys, is that that let's not put too much of a focus on stuff that we can't really quantify that easily. And let's focus on, is this guy good? If a player is good at football, he's going to be good at football when he steps on a football field. Like it's, it's, it's really, I mean, obviously there's a lot of dynamics to it when you're looking at, uh, you know, the, the team fit and you know, how he meshes and whether the quarterback play is good, yada, yada, yada. But like, I mean, a perfect example is like Odell Beckham's rookie season, right? Where he does nothing because he was hurt. And then he just steps on a football field in the middle of the regular season goes, and he starts dominating. Crazy. goes crazy. Yeah. And that's what that like if players are good enough, that's going to happen. If players are sort of borderline, then, yeah, you have to worry about that a little bit. And then if players are just not good, then they're not going to be used. I mean, that's that's the bottom line with how this stuff works. Right. I, I mean, I prefer touting bad players, but to each his own. Right. Yes. Next question is from at please underscore simulation. <laughs> <laughs> When, when brushing your teeth, do you brush your tongue or your or and or roof of your mouth? Uh, I definitely don't brush the roof of my mouth. Yeah, I don't. I was thinking about that too. I didn't want to like out myself, but no. I don't think that I. I don't think that I do. I definitely do my tongue, but I. Don't, I don't think that I do the roof of my mouth. I mean, I brush my gums for sure. Right. Like, yes. Like pretty thoroughly, maybe too much. Some would say, and then I brush my tongue really well because uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but when I was a teenager, people used to tell me. Danny, you have terrible breath, man. And oh. this would be like 30 minutes after I brush my teeth, okay? And I'm like, how? Why? I don't understand. I just brush. I use mouthwash. And the problem was, JJ, that I was not brushing my tongue. Interesting. I didn't know at 13 years old that I was supposed to brush my tongue. I And I maybe I'm the only 13-year-old on the planet who doesn't know that. But when I figured it out, I became obsessive about brushing my tongue. And, and so, yes, I make sure to do that. Speaking of, you know how, how toddlers just pick up on literally everything that you do and every, they, they yeah. then want to mimic it. Well now, cause I brush my teeth with Avery every morning and, uh, she saw me brush my tongue one day and now we can't like, she need like she sticks out her tongue and she just wants me to brush it for like 15 minutes now. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I, she's lo- like, she saw me do it. So now she's got it. That's do. right. I do that with Eleanor. Do you brush her teeth? Yeah, I brought, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, M- Melissa thinks that Eleanor can brush. Eleanor is four years old. It's not going to be thorough enough. She, she can't brush her teeth. She doesn't yeah. know what she's doing. I, I got to brush it. So I brush it, and I make sure I say, stick it at your tongue, and we and we, and we we do the tongue. 
and then she spits out and she goes she goes get off my tongue germs <laughs> <laughs> yeah she uh she you, I feel like you can't really trust like a toddler to, no. to bro- like what I do is I let her just do it on her own while I'm doing it. And then after that, then I brush her teeth. So she's just kind of like yeah. eating toothpaste basically until I, <laughs> until I'm done. It's, it's performative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question is from at Genty DP. I posted an article on the LTS page about mouth cooking. It's where you use your mouth to chop food up when cooking. I feel this is clearly something Denny does. JJ, would you ever? I'm not a bird. What? What? Why me? Why? This wh- this seems like this seems insane to me. Like how how would you do that? And why would you do that? Especially like I can understand it a little bit more if you're only cooking for yourself. But imagine yeah. if you were cooking for others. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Now that I think about it, hold on. Um, when the kids were little and and everything had to be cut up real small. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I did do that sometimes where I would use my teeth instead. Yeah, of I, I did that. I, I've done that for Avery for sure, where you just like instead of like getting a knife out to cut up fruit or something, you're just putting it in your mouth and biting it and then just throwing both pieces back. Yeah. In. OK. All right. So that's that's a normal thing. I've done it like a good example because, you know, how to- like like younger kids should not eat full grapes. Yes. Right. 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 Cut the grape in half with your teeth and then you're done. You're that's done. Exactly you don't have to- what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's fine. But I think this is saying like. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to chop up oh. this this green onion in my right. mouth and then spit it back into this dish. Yeah, yeah, this this red pepper or something. No, man. That, not, no. Not, I would never do why I don't understand why this person thinks that I would do. I saw I saw the article and I was disgusted by it. So thank you for that. Yeah. But that's the last question, Denny. That's it. All right. That's that's the show. That is the show. Bad transition to end the show, but why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? But that that reminds me of the worst way to tweet, which is to say something, something, something. That's the tweet. Yeah, that was very popular. At least that's fading a little bit. That was that that meme was a little bit uh, obnoxious. Didn't was never a fan. Um, Yes, you can find me at CD Carter 13 on Twitter. Uh, My kicker column has moved to rotoworld.com where I work uh, and become a patron so you can get updated to the second uh, streaming plays. I think that that will be especially, uh, especially important this week with three games on Thursday. So become a patron. I'm on Twitter uh, and I fleet at Late Round QB. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast. Just search for that anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, do we have a tilt montage this week? It's short but extremely emotional. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you in week thirteen. It's uh, 2.34 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern Time Zone, and I am I am tilting. I'm tilting hard. I'm tilting consistently because Randy Bullock is ruining my life. And listen, I'm trying not to be dramatic, but he is ruining at least my day. Maybe not my life, but at least my day. Randy Bullock missed a, a gimme field goal to start the game against Washington. He's the he's the Bengals kicker, by the way, in case you didn't know. Uh, missed a gimme. He missed an extra point. He then hit a 53-yarder. He then missed a 58-yarder, hit it off the post. Uh, I've never been so 
uh, on such a, a roller coaster um, of emotions as I've been through the first half of this Bengals Washington game. It's horrible. I I touted Bullock hard in my first Roto World kicker column. Okay, so the 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 eyes of the haters are finally on my kicker column. Just looking for a reason to destroy me. My guy gets three field goal opportunities in the first half. And he has five points. He should have 14 points at the half. He has five. The term I hate it here is overused online and I, I don't particularly love it. But I fucking hate it here. I'm tilting. It's uh, 2.42 p.m. and I am looking at Taysom Q. Hill's uh, first half box score here against the Falcons. And what do we have? What do we have? We have 127 passing yards. Okay, okay. I'll take that from my tight end. Sure, sure, sure. What? And then, we, oh, oh, we have six rushing yards. So he's Drew Brees. They're treating him like Drew Brees. Okay? So I was told that Taysom Hill would be a lot of fun to play as a tight end, obviously, but also maybe to play as a quarterback. And Twitter it was, it was very uh, clear about the fact that, wow, it'll be, it'll be a show. It'll be fun stuff. Uh, Taysom Hill rushing, running around like a decapitated chicken. Uh, but he has six rushing yards at the half. Six. So that's one more than five. That's one one less than seven. Six rushing yards. Um, I would say this is not fun so far. Uh, it is uh, quite the opposite of fun. And I, I am tilting. It's uh, 6.08 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and I am just realizing uh, something, coming to a horrible realization, some would say. Others would agree. Uh, I All week I've been intrigued by the thought, the concept, if you will, of a Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Brashad Perryman game stack. Because you see, Perryman is the only guy who's going to catch a deep ball from Joseph J. Flacco IV. And he did it. And he did it. On like a 50-yard pass, Flacco threw it up. Perryman came down with it just as I drew it up in my head. Um, well, uh, the thing is, um, I, have, uh, I have another lineup with Herbert and Keenan Allen that I ran back with Jamison Crowder. And so I'm not going to win any of the money despite, you know, what I thought would happen happening. Now, Mike Williams does have a, have a touchdown, which is nice. I have that going for me, which is nice, obviously. But if I would have put Perryman alongside Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, I would be... Uh, looking at a a payday, 
you know, not like the patrons, you know, not like the patrons gave me. Thank you to the patrons, but you know, something in the, in that realm. But alas, my galaxy brain took over, and I and it said, no, 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 you must put both super volatile receivers together in Mike Williams and Brashad Perryman. I hate myself. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more